Welcome to the Wealthy Gorilla Podcast, where we interview leading professionals about life, success, self-development, and more. Get ready to transform your mind, level up your life, and achieve your true potential. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? It's Dan Weston here with another episode of the Wealthy Gorilla Podcast. Check it out today. I have Jay Wong on the show. Jay is an entrepreneur and also a fellow podcast owner. He is the host of the Inner Change Maker Podcast. It has been featured as number one in self-improvement in recent years, and he has had plenty of amazing guests on the show. Um, I love his podcast. I love his work. He is a public speaker. Um, He speaks to hundreds of entrepreneurs on changing their mindset and unleashing their creativity. I am really excited to get this podcast underway. So check it out, guys. Stay tuned. And I really hope you enjoy it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Wealthy Gorilla Podcast. Now, today I am here with Jay Wong. Jay is the founder of the number one self-improvement podcast, The Inner Change Maker. Now, Jay is also a public speaker. He loves helping people and entrepreneurs improve their mindsets and improve their creativity and help them give more value. I'm really excited to talk with Jay today. Uh, I've actually been following him for a while. So Jay, what is up, man? Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Dan, Dan, Dan the man, what is happening? Um, I love that uh, we get a chance to collaborate and uh, I love that we are making this an international matter, but that's that's the beauty of all of this and uh, just happy to be here, man. Great, man. Yeah, happy to have you on. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know you, um, just give everyone like a little bit of a lowdown on who you are and what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, it's always a great place to start. Um, so for, for everybody who maybe not aware of what it is I do, I'm on a mission to really help people tap in to what I call their inner change maker. And Dan, if I had to be honest, for a couple years, I really didn't even know what that meant because the, and, and actually, if you listen to any of my, you know, the podcast that you mentioned, the inner change maker, I, I asked every single one of my guests, you know, New York from New York bestsellers to Olympians that have come on. I've said, Hey, I don't know what this word means. Like, what does it mean to you guys? And I've gotten all these different definitions and, and all these amazing perspectives and stories. And, and for me, I, I come to my own definition, which is a change maker. It's not someone who is trying to change the world. A change maker is a modern day leader. They are looking at the people in their lives. They're looking at their partners, their brothers and sisters. They're looking at their parents. They're looking at their coworkers and they're trying to figure out how to be a better leader, how to be somebody that could change their world. Right. And, and that's, that's really what I'm here to help people do, which is how do you step into that identity? How do you step into that leadership role in your life? It's maybe it's not about building a million dollar business or a billion dollar business. Um, you know, maybe it's not even about, you know, having a million friends, right? But, but how do you be a better brother or sister? How do you be a better, you know, parent, right? And how do you do that and, and lead the people in your life? So I'm, I'm really hell bent on this mission. It all started really with a, a podcast. 
uh, on my parents in my parents' living room. Um, and I, you know, I, I look back at the last 18 months. I just can't believe some of the things that we've been able to do, some of the businesses we've been able to help. Um, and it's it's just been always an adventure. So um, that, in a nutshell, is a little bit of what I do. I love it, man. I think that's amazing. That's a great mission you have there and you're obviously having amazing success with it. You know, I've listened to a few of your podcast episodes. I love it. I love the guests that you've had on and them being able to share their stories. Um, listen, so you got started in entrepreneurship and you built your podcast and I always loved kind of trying to pinpoint that moment where everything kind of shifted, you know, like how did this come about? How did you want to to build this podcast or want to put out content that helps people, inspires people? Where where what kind of moment, what defining moment, if there was one, um, in your life? Where where was that and what happened? <laughs> you know, I, I think a lot of times, Dan, uh this is this is such a beautiful question because I think a lot of times um I always call this kind of like the Batman moment. Right. Where, you know, like if anybody follows like Batman, it's like where his parents get killed right in front of, you know, Bruce Wayne. And then that sets him off on this crazy course. Um, I, I genuinely think a lot of our lives, even though we want to make it the, the Hollywood film, um, I, I think it's always like a like a collection of moments you know even when you, you ask me this question i think of there's so many different points that i can refer back to um you know w- you know th- there's two that comes to mind uh one in particular is when i was still working uh, at a company named strategic coach and i was being mentored uh under dan sullivan and um I remember reading when you first get hired at, at one of these companies, all like my first two weeks, all they did was put a stack of his books, like 15, 20 of his books. And all my job was, was to just literally go through the content and familiar, just get familiar with all of this. But uh, there was a bit of a quote book. And uh, I was like, oh, OK, I'll tackle that first. You know, nothing too overwhelming. And I remember reading and flipping through this quote book. And one of the quotes says, if you're an entrepreneur, you're, you're essentially unemployable. And uh, it was it was like my second day, I think, at at the at the job. And I was thinking to myself, man, like if if I'm I'm in this role helping entrepreneurs, coaching entrepreneurs, training entrepreneurs, um, you know, do I have entrepreneurial traits? Right. And if, if that's so, isn't that kind of ironic that I'm working at a company like if I'm supposed to supposedly unemployable. Right. Um, and so that was kind of one of the moments that kind of planted the seed in my mind. Uh, even when I was, you know, working at, at a company, um, it was at a super entrepreneurial company. But, um, you know, I would say in terms of building the podcasts um, and, and doing the speaking and, and doing the, the, the consulting with businesses and helping them, you know, launch their podcasts and, and put a voice behind their products, doing all these things, um, the f- I think the first thing that comes to mind when I think about why or how that I even thought that this was possible was I actually back in 2014, I spent about a year, year and a half vagabonding in Asia. I know you're doing something similar, Dan, um, in, in your own right. But um, I was just I was just literally wanted to get away. I had nothing to do with business. Um, I didn't necessarily, you know, scope. I, I just wanted to, to just hang out with myself, go traveling and do a little of my own thing. And um, growing up learn, speaking Cantonese, I always thought that Cantonese and Mandarin are, are the two kind of like dominant Asian 
language, uh, Chinese languages. And I always thought that speaking Mandarin was the most impossible thing, right? Like I associated so much pain with speaking Mandarin. And um, I, because I remember when I was small, we'd go to, you know, the, the Sunday school, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like fail all my like Chinese classes. And it was just never a great experience. But to vagabond, to travel in Asia, I was living in Shanghai predominantly, to do anything, right, in your daily life, you would actually have to speak Mandarin. You would have to speak at the very minimum conversational Mandarin. And so I, in, in, in about three to six months, I enrolled myself in these intensive Mandarin classes. About the four, uh, like three to six month mark, I was pretty conversational. I wasn't great, but I was conversational. And as I got better throughout that year, I, I got pretty good by the end of it. But as I got better, it, it, for me, that was one of the first, I guess, impossible things, impossible feats that I used to think that that was impossible. And now I'm conversing with people from Nanjing and Xi'an and Chengdu and like all these amazing places. And you're, I, I, you know, from people that are vendors on the street to, you know, any expat who's been living there for 10 years, I, I was able to communicate with them, you know, whether it's English or Mandarin. And it, that really blew my mind. And it, it started in me and it let me start wondering what are the other things in my life that I believe are, are impossible? Is it impossible to, you know, have your podcast and be, get it listened to in 119 countries? Is it impossible to go speak on stages and, and inspire, you know, younger, you know, entrepreneurs and, 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 and companies to, you know, to, to be better leaders? Like, it, what is impossible, right? Is it impossible to get a billboard in, in the middle of Toronto to promote the podcast, to promote the work? So, it, you know what? It's, it's kind of just been an adventure of testing and seeing how far can I really push these boundaries of quote unquote impossible? Um, and it all really started with learning Chinese out of all things. Oh, dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So you had like that one, that one thing, right? That you thought was impossible. You did it. And then after that, you were just like, well, I can, I can go out and I can, <laughs> I can achieve anything. I can try this and see if that's possible. This, this, this. And it's, it's kind of like the same for me. I mean, uh, when I was younger, I always used to be really tall, but really skinny, uh, super skinny, ectomorph. Yeah. Um, you know, just like all bone, really. I couldn't put on any weight. And <laughs> in my, in my mindset, I was like, at the time, I was like, um, you know, I just, oh, I, I can't put on any weight. I'll never put on any weight. I'll always be skinny. I'll always be like this. This is impossible for me to do. And, um, uh, a moment came about and I kind of just got frustrated to the point where I was like, right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do this. I'm just, I'm just gonna try this. And, um, started working out and eventually put on, you know, 50 pounds of, of lean mass. And that was my moment. So it's, it's, it's great to kind of hear, hear your story and hear your side of things and hear how, how learning that language and being able to speak it, uh, with all the locals and everything, um, helped you to then go on and, and break through other barriers and achieve other things. So that's awesome, man. Yeah, and, and, and if I can add on anything, Dan, I mean, I, I think sometimes, you know, they, um, there, there's been so many people that have come on my show, and I've been blessed to have them, but I remember Sean Stevenson, and he came on the show, I was in Italy at the time, I was recording with him, and, um, you know, he said, you know, Jay, common sense is not common practice, 
common sense is not common practice. And it, and it really stuck with me. And the reason he, he tells me that is because a lot of things are really simple. You know, like the, the basic, like, understanding of what we just talked about is if you can believe it, you can make it happen, right? Like, if you can, if you have that belief in you of like, you know what, there's like a chance I could win here and you, you see a little bit of it every day, um, you, you start kind of, it, you start tapping into that power. You start tapping into that momentum. Right. Um, but I know for a lot of maybe your listeners or, or viewers, people are like, well, I need something a little more complex. Right. But I, I just want to rem- remind everyone, you know, common sense is not common practice. And so, um, even though it might seem really simplistic, it really does start with actually believing you could make the impossible possible in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. So. When you started this podcast, um, you know, like I say, I've listened to a few episodes. You've got some amazing guests like Grant Cardone, Sean Stevenson, Joel Brown, Juvan Langford, um, <laughs> tons of amazing guests, man. Were there, <laughs> what, what were the challenges that you faced when you were trying to build this thing, when you were trying to get it off the ground? You know, you didn't have, um, you, you were, you were starting from scratch. What, what kind of, challenges did you face there oh man i mean dan every i mean you're 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 running like uh, an amazing website you're running an amazing podcast you're doing your thing right so if you talk to any like real operator any any genuine entrepreneur the answer is everything that can go wrong has gone wrong and will go wrong right it's totally um, it, it's totally Murphy's law in, in a lot of ways, right? When I first started, um, you know, I, I, I didn't know anything, I, almost anything that I do on like a daily basis in terms of online marketing, in terms of, you know, webinars and even doing this, even like, you know, recording and making sure we sound great and, and being able to, do, like, no idea, didn't know how to upload a YouTube video, didn't have an email list. Didn't know, you know, if, if, you know, if it's speaking or, or what, what I was going to do. Um, didn't know how to launch a podcast. Didn't even think that was possible. Right. Um, you know, it, no one knew me. So why would they say, yeah, you know, all the, the voices, I think the, the limiting beliefs, the, the, the stories that we ultimately tell ourselves, right? No one's going to give me the time of day. Who am I to think to do this? Why am I being selfish? Maybe I should go get a job. No one's going to care. It's not going to be good enough. I'm not good enough, right? Like all of that, like that just, that track that just runs in everybody's life. And I mean, I think that's daunting. Like it's, it's immense. I remember being, you know, I, I started everything in my, in my parents' living room and my parents are pretty traditional like Asian, you know, parents. So they imagine like they come back from work, you know, they, they see me, I'm, I'm like trying to whiteboard things. You know, I didn't even have a whiteboard. So I have, like all these papers going around. I'm like telling them like, I just read this amazing blog. I know what I'm doing. You know, I'm, I'm studying some SEO. It's, it's going to go far, you know, and you, you know, it's, it's, it was just so bad. Right. And they're just like, you know, and, and like the, the beauty of my parents is even though they 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 kind of come from a different world, a different generation, um, and and they didn't know how to really support me. It's not like they had some connections. It's not like they had startup capital that they could you know give me, or I don't even think they would have you know the lack of a business plan, the lack of you know just tr- understanding a model of what would work. Um, but it, the best thing about my parents is they, they just they they kind of blindly supported me. They, they just said, hey, look, we we believe in you. Right. We, we believe in you. We believe in you figuring it out. 
And I think that's really the job of any leader, any entrepreneur, any manager is that, you know, sometimes you're not going to have the perfect and most times you're not going to have, you know, the perfect steps, the perfect framework, the perfect anything. You're just going to have to be willing to go in and figure those things out and be and just and and, and you just it's not even like you have to be smart. You just have to be patient enough. For you to think of an answer, to kind of sit with a problem, look at it from different ways. I remember my, my first mentor, Dan Sullivan, he always said, um, the problem is never the problem, Dan. The problem is never the problem. The problem is you don't know how to think about the problem, right? And so a lot of times we, we get asked all that, like, how did you get these people on? It's like, well, if you, you know, it's, it's, it's not about how you get these people. Because if you're asking that question, the underlying tone of that is how did you get somebody to spend some time with you when you are just starting out and they are all the way up here, right? But that's your, that's one perspective, right? That's just one angle, right? What if you could switch the angle, right? What if you could help them promote something? What if you can help them deliver some value to, to, to their audience, to their community? What if they're, if you want to talk about something they've never talked about before, right? Um, so it's, it's just, I think all these different perspectives, all these different changes, uh, that's what, that's kind of what I've, I've learned along the way. But I mean, from challenges, I mean, everything, everything, right? Um, and, and it's just, it, we've, we've had, you know, tons of months where I had no idea how it was going to work. It must, uh, it must be the end of us, right? Our message dies within the, you know, the few hundred people we have on the email list. Like I, I remember thinking those things. Um, but every single time it came down to how are you going to figure this out? How are we going to pre- be proactive in this? And, and, and how can we, um, collaborate and find different solutions to make this work? Um, and, and I'm just glad that, you know, we've, we've made it work to some extent. Um, but, you know, we're, this is really just, just the beginning. Um, and, and it's pretty exciting to kind of see how this movement is is growing and evolving every single day. Awesome, man. Yeah, like you say, you know, everything's new in the beginning. You're never going to know everything as soon as you start. It's all a learning curve. Um, and especially when you start kind of on your own or with, you know, a low budget. Um, I know for me, I started uh, with like $20 a month budget. <laughs> um to, to build wealthy gorilla um and that was yeah. just like hosting so that was just like the, the website hosting and yeah i mean you you kind of doing it that way you learn a lot faster and you learn a lot more yourself because you're not delegating to other people and you're not throwing money at expensive tools or things like this maybe you're just doing it you're keeping it raw you're keeping it real and you're trying to pick up and cram in all the knowledge yourself. And it's, sometimes I think when people kind of throw budgets at something, big budgets at something, they kind of skip over a lot of areas that maybe that money is kind of making up for. And I mean, not not always, but like sometimes you can see that is the case. Um, but like you say, there are a lot of challenges when you're first starting out at anything. It doesn't matter what it mm. is at anything. You're, you're always going to come in and be the beginner and there's going to be people that know a lot more than you and you can learn from them so i mean i think that's great man that you've described all those different challenges and how you've 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 kind of gone about it like giving value in that perspective and not so much as how do i get these people on or how do i do this how do i do that so 
That's great, man. I love it. And getting more into kind of the value that you provide to your audience and kind of like what you talk about. I know you talk about mindset quite a lot. What kind of advice would you give to people who are looking to transform their mindset? Maybe they're thinking too negatively at the moment. They're kind of stuck in this cycle. Maybe they don't think things are possible like you didn't at first. What kind of advice would you give to them? Mm. Oh boy, this this is such a this is such a powerful question, Dan, and I, and I love it. So, a couple different things, right? Because I think if if you're listening to this and you're like, how do I I don't know improve my mindset? How do I transform my mindset? I think it's it's not you're not looking to just make some minor tweaks here. I I think this is a really important distinction because I think sometimes there, there there I don't remember what the statistic was. I was I, I was interviewing Grant and he said, do you know that 84% of people buy the book and they don't read the book, Jay? 84% of people buy the book and, and don't read the book. I'm like, okay, that's crazy, right? Why is that? It's because people are, are looking for a bit of like, a, you know, they buy the book on Amazon. They, they get it. They get it at the bookstore. They're excited, right? They buy the course. They, they, they sign up for the thing. They're excited, right? And it elicits a bit of dopamine in, in your brain, right? So you feel like you've done enough. You feel like, I, you know what? I didn't do anything yesterday. I did something today. I, I earned myself kind of a reward, right? And then you don't end up reading it. You don't end up applying it, right? And so I, I think when you think about mindset, it's one of these things that you have to be willing to step into a different identity. You have to be willing to kind of go all in in a certain identity. I'll, I'll tell you what I mean. So I remember um, I, I, when I first started, the first conference I went to, I remember saying to um, – I remember – it was a Brendan Burchard conference. It was High Performance Academy 2015, I think, or 2014. I think it was 2015. And, you know, in, in like these conferences, I don't know if you've, you've probably been to a few yourself, um, but in these conferences, you're, you're meeting people constantly and you're always sharing with them, like, what's happening in your life and, like, you know, wh- where you're trying to go, what you're trying to do and, like, what your mission is, right? And I remember telling people, I said, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to be like, I'm like Asian Tony Robbins. That's what I, that, that's how I was like introducing. I was like, I'm Asian Tony Robbins. I'm like coming in here. I'm going to be able to spit fire. I'm going to be able to do this. I want to speak on stages. And I was sharing, honestly, like what I really wanted to do, right? And I was like, guys, I'm going to go down. I'm going to be like one of the best speakers. Like I promise you, like that's da da da. So, and then there was this, uh, people were like so impressed. They're like, oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's really great. And there was this one lady standing on the side. And uh, she was kind of like, I think she was eating like a banana or whatever. She was just listening. And she comes into the conversation. She goes, you know, Jake, can I, I, I heard what you were saying there. Um, could I just tell you something? Could I just give you a bit of, I don't know, feedback or what have you? And I said, sure. She goes, look, here's the truth, okay? You say that you are a world-class speaker, but the, the truth is the world's going to let you know pretty quick if you are world-class in one area or not. That's not what your concern is, okay? Like, your concern is, are you a world-class speaker now? Like, are you, are you standing like a world-class speaker? Are you speaking like a world-class speaker, right? Because if you are that person, then the world has no other choice but to see you as that individual. And, and this lady, it kind of took me back. I was like, whoa, like, what's happening here? Um, but she used to coach, um, ice skating, um, 
ice skating, like uh, people that would go to the like Olympians for uh, ice skater Olympians, right? And she would train them from when they were like really young to when they hit the Olympic circuit or when they hit like the you know national or international circuit, right? And she goes, "Do you know what the difference is between people that make the Olympics and people that don't?" And I go, no, uh, please tell me, like, what's what's the difference? She goes, people like the, the kids that make the Olympics, it's because they believe that they were going to make the Olympics and they trained like Olympians when they were nobodies, when they had no name to them, when they had no fame to them, when they, they would learn new tricks as if they were a pro. Right. And, and I always love the book uh, by Steve Pressfield. Right. Where where I think it's uh, War of Art. Right. Where he talks about, are you an amateur or are you a pro? So I think when you talk about mindset, we can put different labels on it. Abundance mindset, you know, world class mindset, you know, winning mindset, all these different things. It's about are you stepping into that identity? Because identity is an expectation and we always get what we expect. And it's an expectation. Right. When you are an athlete, what do athletes do? You expect to work out. You expect to go to the gym. You expect to eat healthy, right? It's not a, how do I eat a little healthier? How do I, how do I, how do I, how do I work on my body a little better? How do I get a little bit of an improvement? Athletes are into improvement, but their identity is that they're an athlete. So they go to the gym. It's a non question, right? So, so to answer your question, um, that's kind of the advice I, w- I would say is, you know, think about the person that you ultimately want to be and step into that so that you are more of that person what are some of the agreements that a great athlete would have if you want to be a great athlete for example what are some of the great expectations that they would probably work out all the time all right they probably improve on different skill sets all right and so when you do that i think your chances of success is significantly higher and your mindset you start viewing the world in a very different way yeah, sure, man. I completely agree with that. Um, you know, I think a lot of people who ask the question, you know, how can I improve my mindset aren't quite, uh, willing to kind of step into and become that person and do all the things that they would do. Um, they're kind of looking, sometimes looking for ways to kind of dodge the actual fact and kind of do maybe little things, like you said, is what you shouldn't be doing. Um, kind of like making little changes here and there. Uh, I can do this and I can do this and I can do this. But unless you're actually stepping into it and you're, you know, you're, you're behaving exactly as if you were already that person, um, then you're not going to have the same results as the people that do. So that's great advice, man. Um, you've recorded a lot of amazing podcast episodes. I'm coming back to this. You've recorded a lot of yeah. amazing episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have any personal favorites that you've recorded, personal favorite interviews that people can check out and kind of what can they learn from them? Hmm. I mean, I have so many. I mean, Dan, I mean, you know, as like someone who <laughs> runs, you know, like, you know, like you run your, your website and a podcast. I mean, you have, we have an abundance 
of, of, of content, right? We, like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, a couple that come to mind, I know you mentioned the episode of Grant. Uh, Grant Cardone was one of my favorite guests because I, 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 <laughs> I remember introducing him and I'm like, uh, the, the episode, I was like, you know, this guy, he's like a international, you know, sales guru, um, you know, New York bestseller, multimillionaire, real estate mogul. So I said like a few of those things, right? And it all sounds good, right? It sounds pretty good, right? I was like, man, I'd love for someone to, you know, introduce me like that someday. And, um, you know, he goes, Jay, I know we just met, but why, why you gotta piss me off, man? Why, why you gotta piss me off? I'm like, what? What are you talking about, man? Um, he's like, why, why, why you gotta, why'd you call me a multimillionaire, bro? And I was like, <laughs> what? What do you mean? Like, you're not a multi, I was like, are you a b- billionaire? He goes, why you gotta put limits on me, man? He's like, I don't live in a world with limits. And I remember in that moment, I remember thinking, man, he is, you know what I mean? Like, there is somebody there that is pushing the boundaries of what you think is going big, pushing the boundaries of what it is to live large, right? And and I remember thinking to myself, man, like, he's he's right. You know what I mean? And and then he he went off to say, like, if you're a millionaire, you're essentially in the middle class. You're broke. And, uh, you know, that, so that, that had a greatly great interview. So if you're, if you're first time on the interchange maker, I think that's, a, that's a really good episode to start. Um, I had a really, really great one with, uh, Alexi Panos. Um, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with, yeah. with her work. That's always like, that's like one of my favorite episodes of like all time, whether I was interviewed. I, I, I was fortunate enough to get a chance to interview her. And, um, we talked about, um, the, the, so check this out. Okay. We talked about, the, the everybody knows about the head right versus the heart right so we we, we so we can, that was like what we're flirting with but then alexi took it like a, she, like we went off the deep end where she was like okay jay let's talk about how your soul knows everything and how it utilizes your head and your heart and when you're living from a point of view that your soul is in alignment with what you're doing, I know for some people they're like, what, the, what just happened? Like this just went like total left field, but it's, it, it was so crazy the way that she broke that down. Um, that it was, it was so compelling. I've had people send me messages, uh, and people tell me in real life that they were listening to that podcast. They watched the video. You can watch the video on my, my YouTube channel. Uh, you can also listen to everything on, on iTunes. But uh, they, they would stop eating their lunch. Like they, they'd be like, you know, when you're just eating your lunch or watching something, you're like just kind of passively listening. Right. And they're like, we I got so into the episode. It was so crazy because um, not a lot of people talk about soul alignment. And, and how that, you know, you, you know, how that, how you can leverage, you know, the, the skills and knowledge you have in your head and also your intuition, which is your heart, right? And, and to be able to do that and to kind of maneuver through the field. So those are some of the top ones. Uh, I mean, so many good ones. If you want to hear a really bad episode, which I, I think creates a bit of polarity, I did one with Neil Patel. Um, and, and that episode lasted about 18 minutes when it was supposed to last about 45. And, um, yeah, me, me and Neil just didn't have a really great connection. Um, I actually met him in, in Toronto and then we kind of joked about it afterwards. Like we, we were there for like an internet marketing event, but, um, at the time we had no rapport. It was, it was really early for him in, in the Pacific time zone. So if you want to hear an ex- a perfect example of what not to do in an interview, I, I, w- I was asking him about like, seo on facebook versus like google and all the like it was bad dan it was 
It was a bit of a train wreck. Uh, another really funny one though is uh, one with Penelope Trunk. If you go, that's like one of the all time favorites. She pretty much outright disagreed with everything I said <laughs> in the interview. And I was like, uh, "Hey, what, what's a change maker?" She's like, I, I think her answer was like a bullshit aspirational type of message. I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" What? And this was like my, like my eighth interview of all time. So those are some of my favorites uh, from good to bad. <laughs> all right, so there you go, guys. You got four favorites there. You got Grant Cardone and Alexi Panos, and on the other end, you got Neil Patel and Penelope Trunk. Um, Okay, yeah, thanks, man. That's great. Now I'm definitely going to check all of those <laughs> those four out <laughs> and um, see what I think. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, okay. you got to give me the honest feedback on those. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Okay, so I'm sure you're you love books. I'm sure you love reading books. Um, you know, I get a ton of value from reading other people's work, and it, d- dude, books are like. So, so valuable. So, mm. for anybody who's looking to um, maybe become an entrepreneur and kind of build these creations that are, are strong and help other people and really make an impact on the world, do you have any favorite books that you'd like to recommend to them? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's so many, right? And and I love that you, you pointed that out. Um I mean, I'm literally just looking at, at, at the bookshelf right now. I mean, I, I think Steve Pressfield, like the, the War of Art, I think that's such a quick read, but such an impactful read. Um, and there's not a lot of books where you can just kind of read it once. Like I read it like every – how about this? I'll tell you books that I reference every three to four months. How about that? Because there's always like good, good books. Like right now I'm going through um, Essentialism. By uh, I don't remember the the guy's name. I have it on on my on audiobook. But uh, essentialism is is turning out to be a pretty game changer. I'm just like, halfway through it, but it's I mean for people that want to get like super focused, I kind of wish I read essentialism in the beginning because it allows you essentially it allows you to focus on what is essential and what is non-essential, right? And allows you to purge all the things. You know, should you say yes? Should you say no? Everything will come down to this criteria of what you have or what's essential. So that's kind of what I'm reading right now. Um, books that I reference every like four months, uh, a couple of them. Uh, one is Steve Pressfield, War, uh, War of Art. Uh, another is Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements. I don't know if you had a chance to read it, Dan, but it was something that when I was traveling, um, even especially early on, even before I was building my business, um, it was like too advanced for me at the time. But just even ha- just being around the material, um, I-, I think helps. And it talks a lot about, you know, beliefs and the agreements we've made with ourselves. You know, the agreements that, you know, I don't want to sing because my voice is is bad or it's ugly. Right. It's like, well, where, where did that agreement come from? You know, or, or I- I- I'm an introvert. I took the test. It told me, Jay. I'm like, well, where, where did that agreement come from, right? Or, or I'm not saying it's bad to be an introvert. I'm just saying everybody has all these labels around their own capabilities, around what they think or they can't, they think they can or cannot do, right? Um, and 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 the four agreements. That's that's one of the most game changing books for me. Um, and and if you are traveling, um, this might be just uh, this was a personal favorite of mine as I was traveling. Um, which was Julia Cameron, um, The Artist's Way. That was such a great tactical book, 
and it always talks about the inner how we're all like a, a repressed creative I, fr- I freaking love the book actually even if you just read like one two chapters of the book it's like good enough because it, it allows you to think about are you repressing all the things that you honestly want to do when you were a kid like what were the things that you really enjoyed to do right and if you're repressing those then you're essentially repressing you're allow- you're you're essentially repressing abundance in your life Right. You're you're repressing the things like if you want to go and create whatever it is, videos, blogs, like podcasts, like whatever you are holding yourself back from, you're essentially saying, I don't deserve X. Right. You're essentially telling yourself your subconscious. I don't deserve this. So when you're repressing the creative, you're also repressing abundance. There's a there's a reason you're repressing the amount of money you can make. You're oppressing, you know, you're repressing your, your own capabilities and your way of shining. So I think Julia Cameron, the artist way, that's, that's like, a, I think they just hit like their 40th, like anniversary or something like that, or, or 20, 20th anniversary, nothing crazy. So yeah, I mean, pick up those. I, I mean, those are some ones I reference all the time. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I can't say I'm familiar with all of them, so I'm definitely going to, uh, take your advice and check them out and, I would encourage anyone listening to do the same. So, dude, I think we're I think we're almost there. I think we're ready to wrap up. Um, this is this has been awesome talking to you and interviewing you. Uh, lastly, where can people find more about you, learn more about you, and everything that you're doing? Yeah, Dan, I, I appreciate the opportunity to even come on and, and just share with your audience, and, and hopefully people got you know some amazing value out of it. If you did, you know, let me know, let Dan know. I'm sure he'll link to everything. Um, and uh, you know where you can find me. I'm the biggest gateway drug. I would definitely say is is definitely the podcast. Uh, so the Interchange Maker podcast. You guys can look at all. It's you know iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. It's 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 pretty abundant uh, in, in the areas that it is. Um, another area that I'm focusing a lot of my energy on and going to start focusing a lot of energy is my YouTube channel. So you guys can look up Jwong TV, and we're going to be doing a lot of different series happening on that channel very soon. So, um, but yeah, Dan, I really really appreciate the. Uh, the opportunity to come share and i hope people got some some relevant uh content for them and hopefully they go out and apply and make a change in their life yeah no problem at all man i love uh the fact that i'm able to share your story with our audience you know i think you've listed some great things there not just your story but all of the value you've provided the advice on mindset the book recommendations Everything that we've covered in this podcast has been amazing. So listen, guys, you can, you know, check out Jay's channel, check out his podcast, uh, The Inner Change Maker. And, you know, there's, there's a bunch of podcasts on there. It's going to take you a long time to get through them all, but <laughs> I recommend you do. So, um, yeah, no, thank you so much for coming on, Jay. And it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the Wealthy Griller podcast. Thank you so much, Dan. It's been awesome. All right. Thank you for listening, guys. I will see you again with another episode of the Wealthy Gorilla podcast soon. We still have some amazing guests lined up. We're bringing them in every single week. So stay tuned. Check it out.